Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This country will be in trouble unless we change. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing the message and the message through the words of Christ. See, I can't have faith to believe in God unless I'm taught the word of God. Next, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, God won't even be in my radar screen because I don't believe in God. Well, why don't you believe in God? Because nobody tells me he's God. Notice the lesson that we heard. The whole story of the, the boat ride is one thing. He's God and we're not. Sadly, in our country today, many ministries are not teaching the Word of God, relying on cute stories, anecdotes, and inspirational talks devoid of God's Word. They cannot bring about spiritual change. In today's message, Pastor Mark exposes the shallowness in so much of Christianity in America. He shares that American churches have moved away from the Word of God. If we want to see the results of this, we need look no further than Europe. Once a beacon of Christian truth and witness, it has now become an unbeliever's stronghold. As a country, we need to return to the Word of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark for his continuing study entitled, Risky Living, Yes. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. You see, as long as Pete kept his eyes on Jesus, it was okay. But the moment, he was doing the impossible, but the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus and put him on the circumstances, the strong wind, the waves, he began to sink. Isn't it amazing when we look at this story, we make fun of Pete. Do you understand today that Peter, other than Jesus, is the only person who ever walked on water? And yet we make fun of him. Pete had some faith. God honored that little bit of faith. I've never walked on water. You haven't either. And yet we make fun of Pete. But Pete was, well, he was sticking his neck out. And he's the only one in the whole world since the beginning of time other than Jesus that walked on water. By the way, do you think that would be amazing? Oh, unbelievable. It was supernatural. Couldn't have happened. So when we look at that, let me ask them some questions. I mean, the other guys in the boat, what are they doing? You know what they're doing. They're not moving. And the only one that had his faith really tested was Peter. Let me ask you some questions today. As you look at the story, we're not through, but as you look at it, do you think it would have been safer back on shore or safer in the boat? 
Would you, as you look at the story, rather have been on shore or in the boat? Well, you know those answers now that you know what happened. But see, you say, well, Pastor Mark, if I know what's going to happen, then I'll take that step of faith. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. See, ventures of faith are ventures of faith. We walk not by sight. We take ventures of faith because God says, step out, do this. Are you obeying God and taking ventures of faith in your life, or are you afraid to trust him with an area of your life? Maybe you're in the middle of that venture of faith right now, and you're doing good, but your eyes, what has caused you to take your eyes off Jesus? Let me ask you something. When you take a venture of faith, could you fail? Anybody here ever failed? Let me see your hand. You failed? That's right, fail. What's the opposite of failing? Never trying. You see, and if you're afraid of failing, by the way, we all fail. So Pete is the only one that goes out and he fails from our viewpoint. But notice, notice what happens. If you're not going to be afraid, if you're going to still take your neck and stick it out, two things are required. Here it is, write it down. Ventures of faith require continued obedience and continuing focus. It's not a one-time thing. When you stick your neck out, when you begin a venture of faith, it will ask, God will ask of you more and more things of obedience. And once you started, you just have to continue it. You have to keep moving. You have to finish the course. So it's a lifestyle of trusting God. That's where the excitement in life comes. Now, as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll be focused on what he's called us to do. He got his eyes off Jesus and he failed. Well, look at 31. How is Jesus going to handle this when Pete is sinking? Look at verse 31. And Jesus said, Pete, I'm going to help you, but you're going to have to go down twice, and on your last time down, I'm going to pull you out. Okay, Pete, I'll help you out now. Is that what you think God's like? Do you really think God would do that? No. What's the first word in the verse? It says immediately. See, some of us would have gone, okay, I'll teach you a lesson. One, two, five. I'm glad you're not God. No, he says immediately. He said, well, how can he do immediately? He's failed. That's okay. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he says this to Pete, you have little faith. You say, well, I don't like that statement. Well, in the boat, how much faith was there? There was none. I'll take little versus none. You see, Pete's the only one that took a venture of faith. But he says to me, he challenges him. Oh, you have little faith. You did an amazing thing, but you took your eyes off me. Why did you doubt? See, the battle was in the mind. And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Now, how does that work? Here's the principle. Failure is never final. Failure is never final. You see, failure is always a risk. It's always a part of any venture of faith. There will be times that we will fail. When we take ventures of faith, that's always a part of it. 
But the option, the only other option is not to take risks. And then if you don't take risks, life isn't worth living. Why live fearful? We have people, and I, and I do a lot of traveling, and I hear people say this, well, I don't want to get on a plane. I'm afraid to get on a plane. I'm going to die on a plane. My goodness, you have more chance of dying on Wickham than you do on a plane. <laughs> is that right? Then you get an armored car, so if a company hits you, nothing wrong with an armored car, it's fine, don't email me, it's cool, a big armored car, driving down the street, I'm all protected, wonderful. You get out in the parking lot and somebody kills you with a shopping cart. <laughs> you can't live like this, guys, you can't live like this. Take ventures of faith. As we expand in our lives, individually and corporately, this is brand new birth, this is excitement, this is for the kingdom of God. Get ready in your life to say, God, use me. Help me be expanded. If I fail, so what? It's not final. God will pick you up and start again. And don't look at people like, well, they tried this thing and they failed. But God says, stick your neck up. Well, Pastor Mark, I've never taught a Sunday school thing, but God's been speaking to my heart. I might fail. Yeah, you might. Join us. We're among likewise people, aren't we? We've all failed. So this is the challenge. God will speak to you. God waited nine hours to get to the disciples. Nine hours. Why? You know when you take green tea, green tea is just not as, as uh, roasted as much as black tea. When you take green tea, when you put it in a cup of hot water, you don't want it there more than one to three minutes max because it gets very bitter. Well, brown tea or black tea, you want it three to five minutes. And if you're going to use a fruit tea that doesn't have any caffeine, it's usually six to eight minutes. See, God knows whether you're green or fruity <laughs> or whether you're black and that has nothing to do with your skin. He knows how long to leave us He knows not how long to leave us steeping because that's how he determines how much our faith is. See, and everyone's different. God leaves them nine hours. After that, they still fail. But failure is not final. Get over it. It's part of life. We see a guy in a baseball uniform. And you know what often has happened? The guy who hits the most home runs every year is the guy that also strikes out the most. Get used to it. The big batters, the guys with the great averages, two out of three times, they don't do anything. And yet in the church, we got to go, we got to be 100% for God, perfect. Well, there are none of those people. Only God was perfect. Now, Look at verse 33. What's the result of him getting in the boat and all of a sudden the waves stop? Look at what it says. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Just underline that in your Bible. That is the whole reason for this venture of faith. Had nothing to do with the storm. This wasn't a demonstration of the power of God to stop the storm. They'd seen that before. This was a, an example that Jesus says, I'm God. Jesus was God in human flesh. He wanted the disciples to understand this key lesson of theology. Theology is just the study of God. What was the whole venture of faith about? It's the most important lesson you'll ever learn in your life. We've already said it. Here it is. Key lesson, he's God and we're not. 
You see, after this venture of the faith, the disciples knew that Jesus indeed was God. After this venture of faith, the disciples knew that God was able, Jesus was able to deliver them from any trial, any problem, any difficulty. After this venture of faith, the disciples knew that nothing was impossible for God. Here they are, rowing for nine hours. Jesus gets in the boat. That's impossible. Well, not to God. Since Jesus was God, then it was time to worship. Notice the progression. That while the tea bags in, notice the progression. Obedience, fear, faith, worship. Obedience. Fear, faith, worship. Well, that's what it is. That's what's happened. When they realized who he was, they worshiped. Two things to write down. We come to know God as a result of ventures of faith. You see, you will never, ever know the character of God until you stick your neck out. And to take ventures of faith. And it's one after another that God wants to challenge us with. He's not interested in status quo. He's not interested in the turtle putting his head into the shell and just being secure. That's not the way the Christian life is to be lived. It's risky living, yes. Second, after this whole thing's over, what do the disciples know? Well, we know that God knows and God cares and God comes. And God delivers. I don't know where you are in your storms and your ventures, sticking your neck out. Maybe you've just failed. Well, do you know, God knows. And he cares. And he comes. And he delivers. This, the I am is in your life. It's God. Our kids need to understand that. That no matter what we do in life, there is failure. It's, it's inherent with us. We're going to fail. But God knows. And he cares. And he comes. And he delivers. Well, when they finish this venture, look what happens. It goes on. When they get to the shore, when verse 34, when they had crossed over and they landed at Gennesaret... And when the men of the place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country and people brought all the sick to him and begged him to let them, let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And notice this, and all who touched him were healed. You see, the end of one venture of faith brings out another venture. I want you to write something down this morning that's not on the overhead or in your notes. Real life is always God-centered. Real life is always God-centered. As I said, I joined the youth and the students. We just got back, and I was actually in Ireland for a while, and then England, and of course, when you talk about that area of the world, the United Kingdom, Scotland, Wales, I was reminded of something as the students were. When you go to the United Kingdom today, by and large, God is not on the radar screen of their life at all. Do you understand that back in the 1800s, where that whole area of the world, God was everywhere? John Wesley, Spurgeon, some of the greatest Bible commentators, all came from that area. When you go there today, God, as a matter of fact, isn't involved in almost 
anyone's life. Doesn't matter whether it's Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England. He's not on the radar screen. The country has become godless. The people, well, God is not only not the center, he's not even on the radar screen. Let me share with you some things. In that area of Bradford, near Manchester, about an hour from Manchester, the population is about 300,000 people. I want you to see what's happened. To show you how godless this country has become, listen to what happened. The Catholic Church in that area, just that area, just that area of about 300,000 people, they're in the process right now of closing 20 Catholic churches. You know why? Nobody comes. 20 Catholic churches shut down. Nobody comes. Well, how about the Protestants? So I talked to him. I said, well, what's happening? He said, in our area, in our area, the average church, the average Protestant church, here's how many people come to a service. Average Protestant church in the area, 12 people come to church, in a, in a church. 12 people in every Protestant church, that's the average. 12 people seek temple, Indian temple. Used to be a tremendous Protestant church. We rode by one church that was, used to be a Methodist church. 3,000 people worship God there. I can't remember if that was one or not, but most of the Protestant churches in England today have become mosques. Now, how did that happen? How can a nation a hundred years ago that the revivals just, people were saved, family saved, Towns, bars, and things shut down. God just incredibly moved. How in the world did we get to the place where the average Protestant church is 12 people and the only churches that have lots of people are the pagan churches, the mosques, and the Shiite temples? How in the world did that happen? Here's how it happened. It's not complicated. The reason that, this is my, my belief, the reason that country is basically godless, average of 1% to 2% of people go to church. So out of every 100 people, 1% to 2 people, God is on the radar screen at all. The reason? The churches stop teaching the word of God. You say, well, that, that's not a big deal. No, Paul said to Timothy, preach the word. You see, if this word isn't taught, I'm not talking about sermonette. Because this is where our faith comes from. It's the word of God. God is not on the radar screen of even people in America. Because the word of God is not being taught. You watch many Christian programs. Christian TV. I watched one this morning. I love the church. I love what they're doing. I'm not going to talk about people. But I want to tell you. It was nothing more than a motivational speech with a scripture that kind of floated through once. In a half hour of teaching. Now how can we grow with that? Be kind, be nice, be happy. Now I love that too. But guys, we need to grow up on the word of God. And all of the word of God. Let me show you two scriptures. Let me show you why this country will be in trouble unless we change. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message through the words of Christ. See, I can't have faith to believe in God unless I'm taught the word of God. Next, without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
Well, God won't even be in my radar screen because I don't believe in God. Well, why don't you believe in God? Because nobody tells me he's God. Notice the lesson that we heard. The whole story of the, the bull ride is one thing. He's God and we're not. Our kids understood as they went to the streets and they just shared with many kids. They don't know anything about God. They don't know anything basically about the Bible. They used to be taught it. We used to be taught it. Guys, we can't lose our kids. Notice, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. By and large, Europe doesn't believe God exists. How did that happen? Because the people in the pulpits stopped teaching the word of God. Stay in the word. Get you into a small group. Be reading the word. Get on the devotionals. You say, well, I don't really have time to it. Guys, if you don't have time to it, you will begin to just, your, your life will just begin to move away from the will of God. See, this is the only thing that keeps me straight. This is the, you can't watch television and be straight. My God, it's godless. Some programs I used to like, I can't watch anymore. I just can't watch them because it nothing but dilutes my mind. Understand that Satan is the God of the airways. I'm not saying throw your TV out, relax. But you better be very discerning with what you watch. Read this, believe it, live in it. Understand what Jesus was saying. Now, the most fundamental thing I want to give you is this. The greatest thing you can understand today, the greatest principle you can understand today is this. He's God and we're not. And he wants to know you. That's why Jesus said, I'm here Don't be afraid. Look at this next statement. You want to write it down. Life doesn't work unless we acknowledge God and submit to him. Now, the devil acknowledges God. So don't say, well, I I, I believe there's a God. No, that's not good enough. You have to submit your life to him. That's the test that the disciples had. Will you submit that I'm God and I know for your life a plan? That's why the test. That's why the venture faith. That's why sticking the neck out. You say, well, how do I get to know God? Here's how. John 17, 3 says this. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. There's only one way for you to know God and that's through Jesus Christ. You see the Muslim people and they're wonderful people, most of them, and they serve Allah. Allah is not God. They will say we serve the same God. We do not serve the same God. You see, the only way you get to God is through Jesus Christ. And the only way you can get through Jesus Christ is to believe he's the son of God. And he is God. The Muslims do not believe that. They believe that Jesus is just a good prophet, in fact, under Muhammad. There's no way to get to God. They need the truth. We love them. We're not against them. We're not against any people. Guys, we have to go for it. And to go for it, we have to understand that you need to know God. He can be trusted. He's the great I am. No matter where you are in life, start taking ventures of faith. Move out of your shell. Trust God. He's worthy to be trusted. He has a plan for you. The tides of Christianity are changing in America. Many churches, it seems, have forsaken the word of God as their message and instead have turned to messages that are meant to stir the emotions. Unfortunately, such methods cannot bring about real transformation in people. In today's message, Pastor Mark called America back to the Word of God as the sole authority for the church. Why should we preach anything else? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. What happens when a blind man leads a blind man? As the saying goes, they both fall into a ditch. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will warn us about the danger of blind guides. These are men and women such as the Pharisees, influencing people with religious rituals and man's traditions instead of the Word of God. Pastor Mark will challenge us to never let man's rituals and rules nullify or take the place of God's Word in our lives. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear 